Hi and welcome to the podcast Investing Skills. I would like to say super welcome to you, the investor, the listener, whoever you are, wherever you might be in the world. It's great to connect with you on this lovely day. My name is Fredrik Sandvall. I am an investor. I have been investing since I was very, very young and I have been investing ever since. I still invest today. And today I will talk about a resource which you you can find online. It will be a link to it in the description. It is from Wikimedia and uh, that's a template called the Business Model Canvas. I have been working with this one uh, with a couple of different businesses and basically high level what are the theme of this one. It is Figuring out almost like a business model, how you can make money in your business, how you can test your setup and how it can be slightly more strategic and maybe even getting your whole business into one page. And that's quite useful in my point of view, especially as an investor. If I like to invest into anything, I would prefer to invest into a business that has got a solid business model or the very, very least a clear understanding how to make money. What are the costs? What is the plan for the future? And how will you continue to grow? And what might be your customers and markets to do so? So high level, the theme are key partners, key activities, value propositions, customer relationships, customer segments, key resources, channels, cost structure, revenue streams. That might sound really dry, and boring. And trust me, there's a lot of gold dust in these few titles. Starting with the key partners. With my business and uh, businesses, I like to see pretty much everyone as a potential partner. That means to me that you are considering your customers as partners. You're considering your suppliers as partners. You're considering your key uh, service providers also as partners why not so what does it actually mean uh, you need to name them and, and and split them up and also think about how they can add value to your business and also how you can add value to theirs because that is true partnership where you bring value both ways another one is key activities how will you actually make money in your business or with your investment taking a very Traditional one, uh, if we now consider to invest into stocks and shares, uh, your key activity might be to buy and hold for the long term. It might be value investing, uh, where you just put in the money, it's there, it's money you can live without, which will be your own nest egg for, for the future, and hopefully even something that will produce cash flow as well as appreciation over time. Another key activity might be that you have now invested into a business. That means what will be the key activity for your company? For example, I got one investment company called Sanval Invest. It's UK-based property uh, ownership and management company where we have got a number of investment properties. And the activities there have been historically acquire things right, uh, add value by refurbishing and... and, uh, and do things more valuable uh, and then also to maintain it and keep it for the long haul while you have got tenants living there that pay for both the mortgages, the upkeep and some. So that's like a couple of key activities in that business. All right, next one is value proposition. 
value proposition is also called unique selling point. Uh, it's called uh, USP, uh, unique selling point. What kind of value do you bring to the market? And I like to see it uh, unique value proposition is another twist to the same theme. Where you put yourself in your customer's shoes, think from their point of view, turning all of your features and, and so on into benefits for them. I'd like to take an example with one of my other companies where I'm a shareholder. It's called Safari Lending. It's a peer-to-peer lending company. The value proposition there is really around that people can have a hands-free approach to investing. They can have solid return over time. You can have cash flow on a monthly basis and still have your principal repaid at the end of the term. Or you can choose to renew into a new product. So the value there is really you can invest for freedom, choice for the future. And uh, it's not about how the business will make money. It's about the customer and what they get out of it. Another aspect is customer relationships. How will you keep close to your customers? How will you serve them? How will you keep them informed? How will you provide for them whatever they have chosen to? And how costly can those relationships actually be? You need to have a function for customer relationship. You need to be approachable. For example, if I take now the property management where you've got real estate, you've got tenants living there, you need to have a way for them to contact you or the business or other service providers that can help them to fix, for example, a maintenance issue. And keeping people happy is is really, really key. Trust me, I've been having really happy customers and occasionally not so happy customers. So therefore you need to be able to manage both. Uh, Another aspect is customer segments. You want to take the whole marketplace and cut it into small pieces and and pick your piece. Uh, I have heard from many of my mentors that it's really, really good to initially super niche, find your niche, dominate it, and then expand from there. What does it really mean? What kind of value do you provide in that one? Uh, And who are your most important customers? So... Another way to segment your customers is to think about the, like the 80-20 principle, while probably 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your customers. And often it is the other way around in terms of customer complaints, where most of the complaints come from a very few people, and they're usually not the people paying you the most. So therefore you might consider even to not have that customer in the first place, or to possibly shift them out, uh, or treat them, serve them even better. Next uh, theme is key resources. Key resources are real about what do you need? What kind of machinery? What kind of inventory? What kind of staff do you need? How will you deliver whatever you intend to in terms of your your value proposition and key activities? This can be physical things, like real estate. It can also be intangible things, as... um, Money in the bank is also a resource. It can be time. It can be knowledge. Uh, it can be, uh, yeah, all of those things really. But human capital is actually real. Uh, to have the right team in place to deliver so that you might even have some free time is key, at least in my line of work. Next one is around channels. What are your distribution channels? What are your sales channels? And this is all linked to how you segment your uh, market. 
It's around how you evaluate things, uh, how you purchase things, how you deliver things. All of those things are channels. And don't forget, you have different channels how to go to market, different sales channels. And I've been working a lot with different companies, everything from like huge organizations, including Google, how they can have different channels and how to go to market. Uh, Rackspace, another IT company where they had their own sales team. They also had partners. They also had like uh, almost like an affiliate organization. So in many ways, how you can have different channels and go to market. You can also have uh, automated sales funnels as well, if, if that's what you want. The next one is around your cost structure. Here's where many people fail because they have not done the numbers. They have not figured out what will be the costs linked to this development project, linked to this develop this kind of investment. And all of this is as simple as having a spreadsheet, pulling out, doing a budget and see what are the costs, what are the best estimates, asking some people who are in the same line of business as yourself and also why not have a coach or mentor to challenge you or have a little mastermind group where you are peers helping out each other to figure out is this realistic or not and why not do this before you jump in on the deep end of the pool. Another one, which is the opposite of the cost structure, is your revenue streams and your income. Where will the money come from? If I take, for example, another company I have called Global Sales Consulting. There I have got income from financial activities. I also have income from education. I do have also consulting assignments. So all of those things are different revenue streams. I also have some intellectual property there, which means money is coming in from different ways. Uh, you would like to have ideal different kind of types. It could be, for example, you're selling assets. Uh, it could be that you are having a license. You might brokering deals. You might do consulting. Consulting is great because the crazy thing with consulting is often there is not really even a certification to become a consultant. It's just like a salesperson. You can say one day that you're a consultant or you can say that you are a salesperson. Obviously, it's more complicated than that, but that is one, one way how to position yourself in the marketplace. Uh, how do you price? Do you have discount? Do you have dynamic prices which might change over time? Do you allow to have partners to sell on your behalf? If so, what is the cost linked to that? All of those things are absolutely linked together. So we have been talking about one way to do a, a business uh, model. And in this case, we used a, a template from the internet called the business model canvas. I find this one very useful because it has got some key questions in it. It helps you to focus on some of the core activities, which is like, how will you make money? How will you pay your uh, costs? Who will you sell to? And who will you work with? So those things are really, really useful. And it's really great to think about that if you're planning to invest or if you plan to uh, do a, a business yourself where the business is the actual investment. I'd like to share one more example of how I've been working with lots of people in the early days of my investor journey where we were growing so fast so we were also working with external investors for the equity part in real estate deals. 
So they're very much the key partners for us there. They were the, the builders. Sometimes it was the, the sourcing people, but often we sourced the deals ourselves. So there, the, the real estate agent became also partners in, in this whole setup. The key activities there was like to find great deals, to fund it in the best possible way, and then how to sort it out in the best way in terms of adding value, and then how to fill it, putting the right people there, and over time maintain and, and keep this, uh, allowing the whole asset to grow and not deteriorate, and uh, increasing the, the rents accordingly. The value proposition, we have got different propositions for different uh, customer groups. So we, the investor group is one customer. We also have got the tenants is another customer. And then uh, also we have the local partners. For example, the council is even uh, a, a partner in, in the whole real estate thing where they will license our properties. They will ensure that we are doing things right, etc. Customer relationships, again, have a team, so ideally putting at least one or two layers of people between you and tenants as soon as you can afford it. So people will not call you on Christmas night because that is usually when people have got problems. And also the whole customer segments. We prefer to rent to white collar workers, professionals in London, which means that We've got a homogeneous group of both men and women from different kind of industries, but they all have a similar trait. They have been doing some further education, they like to make good things in their life, and that means often they will not mess things up for other people because we have many units which are actually multi-let, meaning that they've got multiple people staying in the same location. And the resources really that we have available is time. Time is limited, so that's why we leverage many other people's time to allow us to have some freedom. Other resources obviously is to have money at hand when you need it, uh, to have the the good things uh, happening when they, they should. So financial right, uh, human stuff right, to have physical assets in our case that are producing cash flow. Uh, how do we reach the market? Well, the chance for investors are multiple. For example, this podcast can see as, be seen as one. Uh, another channel might be that you are having uh, presentations, you're pitching, or you're sharing great value on the stage. You might share great value also on social media. Uh, in my case, I also have written a book, more books to come. Those are all channels how you can find potential investors. And on the other side, how do we find tenants? We use different platforms online to source those and then we have the team to manage the viewings, etc, etc. Cost structure, we are doing many of these things in-house. You might say that you should have a bookkeeper, you should have an accountant who understand things. Uh, both me and my business partner have got a good understanding of finance, accounting and uh, bookkeeping. So we do many things in-house, so that means we have got control of things. I would highly recommend to have everything up to date. That means that your books are up to date and a management report every single month. That means that now you can start to manage your finance. It's not acceptable to do this after the financial year, maybe plus a few months when you do the financial year accounts 
Uh, that is just a mess. I can highly... Yeah, just stay away from that if you can. Uh, and then in terms of uh, revenue streams, again, multiple uh, in each business. We also have multiple uh, across businesses. Uh, and all of those things, not being limited to just one, gives flexibility. It also allows for you to make up and compensate, for example, if the market goes bad, if you're flipping properties, if you've got an element of rental, you still have an income. And often when the market goes down, that means the demand for rental units are going up substantially. And also I see that the new generation in the in the labor market, as well as the, the generation to come, that to own stuff, to own houses, cars, etc. That is really reduced a lot. So we can really see the whole generation rent coming strong. And that can favor you as an investor, obviously. So that was a few things. I will link to this uh, sheet in the show notes. My name is Fredrik Sandvall. I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. We've had a, a long uh, break, mainly because I've been publishing a, a book called Trust is New Currency. Another one is on its way as well. Uh, so the whole year has been a big gap. Now I'm back to podcasting also on investing skills again. We have another podcast which is broadcasted weekly called Invest in You. Feel free to check it out on all the usual platforms. So all the best from Sweden today and London tomorrow. This is it for this time. Bye bye.